Live from Gutter Cat Studios in the Metaverse, it's time for another episode of the Crazy About Crypto Show. And now here's your host, Crazy Carl. Hey, yo, what is going on? Thanks for hopping into this space with us. And if you're listening to the podcast, hello from all around the world and welcome to the Crazy About Crypto Show, an interactive live podcast on Twitter spaces for anyone exploring crypto and wanting to learn from others that have already dived into the space. From NFT artists to savvy crypto investors to everyday people just like you and I, this is a place where we can come together and learn about the incredible. She has wrote, composed, and produced over 15 musical projects since 2014, and her work has been featured by Microsoft as well as in multiple theaters. Beyond music, she is also an incredible writer, and her articles have been featured in Crack Magazine, TomTom, and the Seattle Weekly. She is also a constant voice on Twitter spaces and advocate to empower and fight for unheard voices in the NFT space. I don't know if there's anything she can't or hasn't done, to be honest. It's my honor to share the stage with the one and only sassy black what's going on how are you i'm good that was a great intro i'm like oh you actually read about me (laughs) i did i always do my research i want to get to know i mean obviously i know a lot about your um your nft content because i see you on spaces all the time i love the spaces that you hold i hop in every once in a while when i have a chance and i just think you're like a really um like the the advocacy that you do in the space but then also just being a voice to help educate others is really important and i really um i appreciate the work that goes into that because hosting uh, hours and hours of spaces and being active on spaces is not something that um, that is easy and it can be draining. So thank you for all you do for trying to help people understand about this space. Yeah, you know, it's one of the reasons like uh, now I only host two spaces. But you know, when I started to get into hosting spaces after seeing a lot of people host like kind of marathon spaces, I just decided mine would be like a concrete hour. And I think like the longest one we had was yesterday when I um, interviewed Yazara, um, who's an amazing artist, um, in the world and in the space. And that was like 90 minutes. And I was like, uh, y'all, we got to end soon. (laughs) We have to, we have to stop. We, we can't go this long. (laughs) Yeah. That's happened a couple times on my show where I lose track of time. And then it's like two hours into like the crazy about crypto show. It's like, Whoa, this out of, I think out of, uh, I think out of almost 80 shows we're at, that's only happened two or three times where we just go way over on accident. But it's always good to embrace those moments, too, because that just means there's something powerful happening in those spaces. But I do love, I really honed in and you're focused on what you, what needs to be discussed. You can create just as much impact doing a few uh, shorter shows as you can just like holding marathon hours upon hours on spaces and um, I think I think we're gonna still we're gonna see a lot more produced content, and I'm excited um, that that you've been doing that already because I think you're just gonna be a, a mentor and someone that can help others that want to get into that as well. But let's let's backtrack for a second. I always start the show and I ask the same question to everyone, which is to tell us a little bit about your journey into the uh, crypto space or the NFT space, whichever came first. If you uh, can just chat a little bit about how you went down the rabbit hole. 
Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of funny. Like um, my friend um, Summer Watson was actually the first person to utter the words or the letters NFT to me. And I was like, mm, I don't don't know what that means. And she's like, you should probably check it out. This was a couple of years ago, um, obviously before the pandemic. But yeah, you know, you should check it out. I'm like, I don't know about that. I'm just going to tour forever. <laughs> I'm just going to be a musician and tour forever. I don't know what that means. And so um, she actually went on to work with Micah Johnson in Aku World. And so she works with <laughs> him in that project right now. So that's kind of ironic and funny um, just seeing her in the space in this way. But I saw that I heard about it and I just kind of held it and I just went ahead and did my thing um, just as a, you know, Web2 musician and basically struggling. Um, <laughs> so then uh, comes fall, not fall. February, February of 2021, I had deleted Twitter from my phone and I was just like stalking it in the browser and trying to pretend like that wasn't being on Twitter because it wasn't on my phone. So it wasn't as bad of an addiction. And, you know, just being disappointed by Web2 Twitter and being like, why can't people retweet it and all this other stuff. Um, so I was watching my friend Latasha actually do amazingly well because I had already known Latasha from mutual friends. And actually, um, one of the first big sales she had was Mockiverse. And actually, it was like a remix of a song um, I already, well, of a song she did with So I saw that kind of trifecta. And of course, Jaw's involved with it too, and Jaw being our partner. So just like watching them succeed, I said, okay, maybe I need to learn a little bit more about it. So I kind of just lurked. <laughs> I lurked from February till September. And um, in September, I downloaded the app. Twitter. I didn't jump into Clubhouse. So I missed all of that because Clubhouse kind of freaked me out. So I kind of skipped it. People sent me invites. I skipped it. But Twitter came about and then I downloaded it and I was like, oh, this is what Twitter Spaces is. Oh, this is kind of exciting. And the first Twitter Spaces I went to was Mariah Carey um, celebrating the anniversary of Twitter. And I was just like, oh my God, Mariah Carey's just in here singing. Is this what Twitter Spaces is? Oh my goodness. I love this. And I could get on stage with her. I didn't, but I was just like, oh man, this is amazing. And then the next space I went to was an NFT space, <laughs> the very next one. And then I was just like, oh, oh, this is what this is. Oh, these are people who are just talking about it. And this seems pretty casual. And then I just, I, w I did do marathon spaces. I went to so many different spaces in that first month in September um, through October. I was just hours a day, you know, just listening, trying to study, trying to figure it out, um, trying to find my community and things like that. And I dropped my first piece in October. So, um, and then it sold within 24 hours. I actually dropped my first piece in the GM show with Goku. Um, like right then, I, I just felt so inspired. And so it was kind of crazy. And then I just been going ever since, you know, but um, Latasha is actually the one who actually onboarded me through Zoratopia and one-on-one. -on -one. So I, I honestly wouldn't be here without her or with my fr without my friend Summer. And they're doing monumental things in the space. I love I love that you took us back in your journey of like um just just really the personal relationships that were involved in kind of how you got involved because I think that's something that's often missed in the space is like a lot of times there is a really personal connection if you really try to go back and think about how you got involved, um, whether it's watching someone else do it, 
uh, and kind of acknowledging the success that they had. And so I just love like your reflection um, and, and acknowledgement of kind of those key players that were involved in your journey, because I think if any of us kind of go back, especially anyone um, in, in recent time, you know, you, you kind of know someone else that's gotten in the space and that you're kind of interested in, in why they're so passionate about it. And, um, and so I think those connections are really cool. Now, uh, after you learned about the blockchain and you started going into these marathon spaces, uh, like so many people do, and I think it is the fact that that was your journey and, and then you've been holding spaces to help educate others, I, I just love that too because I think they're so... Uh, like, it's just a reminder to anyone in the space that one, like you can do anything you put your mind to in this space, like you can open up a spaces and you can network and you can get to know people and you can grow in communities. And it's like a really special thing. Uh, and I love that you, you kind of started and you said you kind of lurked and were watching and then you started jumping in and getting more and more involved. And I see so many people that are in a similar situation now where they've kind of been lurking. Now they're getting involved. And it's just like a great reminder that it's never too late. Like always find a community, find those people you really, um, like you said, the GM show was a place where you felt really uh, comfortable and could go and speak. And I think that's amazing too. Like find those communities and really uh, latch onto them because those are so important to networking and growing in the space. But I wanted to ask um, kind of a more, more about the technical aspect of the blockchain as you started to learn more about it, as you started to learn about where, what the uh, kind of how NFTs, what that means, what the technology is. Uh, just if you could explain what made you become passionate about it, what made you see potential after you've been in kind of the legacy music industry, um, and what made you feel like so bullish and excited about blockchain after you started kind of learning more about it? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it was just like the energy here, like seeing Latasha do so well, then seeing... Um, you know, other artists that I already knew from Web2 who had good energy come through and other people who are my friends, like seeing like genuine people and genuine energies like show up and be a part of it. And actually, um, one of my elders um, and like favorite peoples is in the space right now, Zenobia Bailey. And like she's an amazing artist in the real world, does crochet work and works with yarn and everything like that. And so like seeing her in the space, I'm like, oh, OK, like there are people I actually know in here who are excited about it too. So I don't, you know, I don't feel as strange about checking it out and um, exploring it. And I, I think like finding all of this talent as well has been really amazing. That's another thing. Like just, I've been connected to so many amazing artists like every day. Like sometimes I have to stop myself, <laughs> just stop myself from like meeting people. I don't know how to do that, but I just keep finding so many amazing artists and so so much talent from all over the world and so many people I want to collaborate with. Like I made a tweet like two weeks ago, maybe last week saying, okay, I'm done taking collaborations for the next six months, but maybe the rest of the year <laughs> because I am just like, I am tallying them up and I already had collaborations with my friends uh, in web too. And then also, you know, through my success in being in this space, uh, especially with music NFTs, as that's still that path is still being created that space is still being created like there's so many more people from web 2 and uh, like people who follow me that are just reaching out and saying hey i want to know about nfts can you teach me 
like, where should I go? What should I do? And then, you know, um, I'm just trying to make space for them. I just started a discord. So I'm like now saying, okay, like I need to onboard people into through my discord because then they can meet all these other great people who are doing things. They can meet my collectors and other supporters and other friends um, uh, in this space as well. So just trying to navigate that, but it's just been really exciting because of all the talented people that I've been able to meet all these people I've been able to reconnect with in this space, you know, and then also just, just all the possibilities. There's like endless of possibilities and appreciation for artists here. You know, um, there's just, there, there are so many opportunities for different kind of collaborations. Like I'm, I'm gonna be working with someone who does 3D art. You know, I'm, I'm working with different visual artists and different musicians. And I actually found an engineer, you know, uh, here. So he's like engineering my records right now, which has been awesome. Um, so I think just, the building the community has been one of the biggest things that keeps me engaged and then seeing and feeling that excitement and then also watching people make sales over time. I think that's really exciting watching people, um, you know, get their due, like, you know, they paid their dues and now they're being celebrated in all these different ways, um, you know, and, and, and paid, you know, and, and their audience is growing. And I just think that's really beautiful. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is incredible to especially people that you kind of um, you kind of join the space with and you see them grind and build community. And, and like when you I, I talk a lot about that on the show about like always looking around you, finding the people that you think are really talented that are on the same level, not always looking at the people that are a couple, you know, tiers above or people that have more followers or that, you know, it's hard to get their attention because there's just as many talented people right around you that just haven't been exposed or elevated yet. And I think that's like a a really important thing that people forget in this space. It is insane to me how much talent and how many amazing people I've connected with that are just like ready to go and ready to work together and build amazing things. And and it doesn't matter if they have, you know, 40,000 followers or 400 followers, they're still, they've got like really unique skill sets. And I just think, uh, you know, we look at like that kind of clout and it's like, it really, when you really take time to go beyond that layer, you realize how little any of that really matters because you just start meeting like these incredible incredible people. So I'm really glad that you spoke to that. And and I don't know if you want to add on, because I know that, you know, as you, I'm pretty sure we, when we were on a space for NFT Rewind, you said you were, um, were you an educator too? Yeah, I, um, I've taught songwriting and music production and I've mentored a lot of folks and it's, it's a real, um, it's a calling, you know, sometimes it's not always a pleasure. Like I I like telling people things. I like suggesting things, but, um, it's definitely my calling. I always wind up, um, instructing and, you know, educating someone on something. Yeah. I just think it's amazing to be able to like, when you're an educator, you realize the importance of, um, especially like everyone, everyone starts somewhere. Like you don't, you know, you're, you it doesn't matter where your skill set starts or what you always have. Like every single student always has something they're really good at. It may not be the subject you teach. It could be another subject. Uh, but it's like, everyone is super talented in their own way. And it's just like unleashing that. 
And I think that's something really cool about this space is being able to kind of like tap in and find, you know, where people are super talented and then being able to try to elevate those voices and, and elevate that talent um, is just something that I've found is super special. And I couldn't agree more with you about like the aspect of community in this space, because I think that's one of the coolest things. Um, another thing that I'm curious about, especially because you are in the in you've been a little bit in the music industry, if uh, like as in terms of networking and the borderless ecosystem of just like being able to be have easy access to so many people, if you have found that, you know, when you need help with something, or if there's something that you need um, to collab on for a work you're doing, if you found that it's a lot easier in kind of this web three atmosphere than it was before you kind of entered this space. Oh, absolutely. Like it's like I have a core like crew of people I ask these questions and they're just there for me to answer like whatever I need. And they ask, ask me a bunch of questions, too. So like I've it's so funny. I have created that core in this time. And so I'll just send them a DM and I'll just wait until whenever they hit me back. <laughs> like, Oh, cool. You have that answer. Or if you don't, let's like they would know someone who might. And then, you know, I go to that space and we figure it out and it's kind of a cool journey and, and, you know, and it is again, why I, it's so funny. I used to hate discord. I, I kind of hated it kind of out of ignorance to be honest, but just with all the scams and all the stuff going on, I just felt like, Oh man, like, what are people doing over there? Um, but then my discord is closed. Right. So it's like only invite only. So I had like some open invites, like when it first came up, but then now it's closed and now we're building together. So I think that's been great too, because if people have questions, like we're talking about smart contracts, oh, okay, well, I'm going to do it on, chip or I'm going to do manifold and okay cool cool uh you know like we're talking about that and um we're just kind of growing together and bringing our resources into like a pooled place and um that's been really amazing so I've just kind of been bringing like my core people together and then other people who kind of like were excited about what I was doing and then of course like my collectors and my Bandcamp subscribers you know like people who've already been like supporting me financially get to come in as well. Um, and I, I like just creating this ecosystem of people who inspire me as well as people who are inspired by me so that we can uplift each other and like grow together. I, uh, I've got the biggest smile on my face right now because I think it's, um, uh, it reminds me so much of the crazy car collective, which you are into. I know that you're, you're probably that now I know why you're probably not around as much in there because one discord can take a, a significant amount of your time. And so you're probably in your discord, but it's, um, it's, it's just, I love like the mindset that you have about it. It really doesn't matter if there's thousands of people like you, I'd much rather there be an act strong core than to like try to you know get a bunch of hype and get a bunch of people in discord because then it's like trying to build really proud of when building the discord we've done too because it is like the people that kind of join then you can really find people you connect with and there's people that are closer with each other in in my discord because they've gotten to know each other than I'm even with them and I think that's a really beautiful thing is when you're able to like create a space where people can be open and vulnerable and learn and and become friends with other people that maybe they didn't even know before joining and then be able to kind of like grow and learn and uh, be able to really network in in discords and I uh, I think there's I think there's a lack of understanding with some of these like big PFP projects 
um, about like what the true power of Discord is, which is really, you know, the community building where you are able to collaborate and brainstorm and build because uh, it's more of, I feel like for a lot of big generative projects, it's more of an announcement channel. It's just announcements and people getting hype about prize. Uh, but when you really strip it down to what the power of Discords are, it's like a place where you, it's just like a huge instant messaging. It's like a huge, a, a back in the day, like AOL, except everyone's in one place and you can just all like build and collaborate. And I, I think it's, uh, I'm the same way. I used to not really get on Discord much because of the whole, like I was just in Discords of projects. Um, and like the, the goal of, of this Discord is that like all of the building of the project is being done by the people that are involved. And I think that's like, that's really the secret sauce is being able to find the talent in discords. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that because I, like I started streaming to Twitch, um, you know, and so that's when I first heard about discord. Um, I was streaming to Twitch starting in like 2020 and I had been researching Twitch for like two years beforehand. because I knew that streaming was the future before anything else happened. I just knew that being able to stream live and cultivate a community all over the world, on a platform like, you know, IG has its thing, but to be on Twitch and have subscriptions and you could talk to people and have playback on all those other things I knew was going to be the future. So I had already started researching it. And then when I got into Twitch, people had discords and I didn't, I was just trying to get Twitch down. I didn't know that much about discords, but you don't really hear about, you know, game, game gamer based discords having as many hacks, you know, like that. You don't hear about that as much as these big, big projects just because they are more centered on you know supporting the artist and having these unique um uh conversations and relationships and things like that so i would go to twitch streamers twitch streams <laughs> for lack of better words uh you know i would go to their streams and i would see all these people like oh yeah why don't you message that in the discord and make sure da, 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 da. and these are people who like show up for them regularly and are excited to be there while they're playing their game or doing whatever they're doing because they get to engage with them in Discord. And so like when I decided to do it because it was necessary, I was just getting so many DMs. And I was just doing too many, it's just too many platforms or too many aspects um, to Twitter to manage. And I was just like, no, I need to have like a singular place. And um, it, it's become so much fun, you know, like I'm doing a TikTok challenge. Um, this is our first challenge because I have like a challenge channel. <laughs> So our first challenge is just posting to TikTok every day. And so that's what we're doing. And we're just got same strategy. And then we're going to have another challenge next month. And so that's something I already like to do with my friends. But now I'm doing it with this community of people who I'm excited about, who are excited with me. And I know it's going to grow over time as we have challenges grow. So it's just been really exciting. And, and it's motivating for me as well, because it's not just like, I just want everybody's money, you know, which is kind of how it feels with some of these bigger projects when there's so many people in there, you know, I, I don't, that's not what I want at all. I just want everyone to do well. And I, I'm glad that you reached out to me to be in your discord too. Cause I was like, wait, what, <laughs> what is what's happening? Like, <laughs> I was like, that's very cool of you. Thanks. Yeah. You know, I always, uh, when I, I sent all the initial invites to people that I just, um, uh, either people I follow in the space, uh, people that I see doing amazing things or people that are constantly kind of engaging with the shows. And 
Um, and, and I've always thought ever since you've started doing spaces, I just have always loved, um, the content, like whenever, even if I don't hop in, I always pay attention to like titles of spaces and I always, um, just admired the type of spaces that you were holding. So, so yeah, I mean, and I've always wanted to connect with you more and and which is why I've invited you to, to be on panels and things like that, because I think there's, um, there's something that uh, I think, um, can become a challenge in the NFT space, which is very much um, a challenge that you see kind of in the political space uh, of the world, which is which is like massive echo chambers. And in, in ne- it's not necessarily as toxic yet um, in the NFT space, but these echo chambers can become really real, especially if you're just kind of uh, following a lot of the same people in a certain community. So you're really just hearing the same types of things over and over and over, and you don't really get a chance to to explore and learn about all of the different things going on within the ecosystem and and I think that that can become a challenge especially over time if we if people don't actively think about trying to get to know others that maybe aren't in their spectrum and they kind of if if we don't create spaces where we can reach out and kind of create melting pots where we learn about everyone and different communities and and therefore different cultures and and viewpoints because that is like where the really cool aspect of web3 comes is is being able to like explore the world like the information age is getting even faster um being able to talk to someone on the other side of the world um and i think that we kind of pose a threat to ourselves if we if we get too uh like bunkered down into one community Absolutely. You know, and I, yeah, I had, to, I continuously stretch myself and I, I'm really um, blessed to have like a very diverse community of folks who've been writing with me and like following me. I have people who've been following me since I was like 15, like, you know, people who mentored me, like my college professors, some of my college professors. Well, one of them I actually collaborated with on, on my last album, you know, so like I have these folks that are still around or um, some of the people I've been on, um, I used to be on the board for the Grammys for six years. So I have some of those folks who are still watching my journey and things like that. So it's like this crazy, this crazy collection of people who've just been watching me for a very long time in my life. <laughs> and, you know, they're just excited to see what's going on and and to support me and show up and things like that. And um, also just hip me to new things. So, you know, I'm hipping them to the NFT space and the Web3 but they're like, did you see this? Or like, oh, I can't believe this. You know, and then I'm, as I'm growing, I'm getting to learn about other things as well. Um, and uh, even with that said, like I, I now, I'm very dedicated to Web3. I work um, with a blockchain company, of course. I uh, got hired as the head of artist and community partnerships at uh, Arpeggi Labs, which is the first on-chain music creation platform. And so, you know, I'm working with, artists and community partners and of course the platform to learn more about you know the limitations and how they're trying to push the limits of the blockchain as well as like make it more accessible and then like onboarding people in that way so it's kind of it's intense and it's exciting and i'm always learning something new i love it um i want to i want to switch gears and ask a, a question about kind of in your journey of helping educate people in spaces, um, kind of what you've learned about uh, others trying to get involved in the space. Um, 
I really love uh, just that you're constantly trying to help others in the space, especially like marginalized communities, uh, trying to uh, understand. I feel like one of the biggest gaps um, of like w- the one biggest biggest wealth gaps is more of an information gap. When you look back at it, it's just like there's been like these these uh, secrets or maybe not even secrets, just like you're led to believe that you can't do things that really you can. And I just love that. And I'm curious, as you've kind of led spaces, what you've uh, been able to help educate people about kind of the space and um, what makes you the most excited and and maybe some of the issues you've also noticed about like how we can even be better in the Web3 space as well. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you asked that because, like, I launched my show Mind Muse on Mondays um, a couple of weeks ago, you know, um, months ago. Now we're in season two. I I also hosted kind of like a podcast um, where I have seasons, so at least I can have a break, right? (laughs) Like, if you have a season of a show, you can at least take a break, (laughs) which is unknown and uncommon in the NFT and crypto space, I understand. Um, But, you know, I wanted to kind of expand outward, out kind of bridging the gap between web two and web three or anything else and web three, basically, you know, I saw all these spaces only about web three and I was like, these are so important, but what can I bring that I think is missing? And I realize a lot of people don't know about, you know, storytelling. They know a lot about shilling, you know, which is, can be really intense (laughs) and kind of feel like a used car salesman, you know, but, um, they didn't really know as much about storytelling. Um, and like those using that as a marketing, tool as well and so my muse became an opportunity at first it was about marketing and music and things like that and now it's just and it was always at its core about interviewing people who motivate and inspire me which is what i think is important in web3 and in general is finding people who inspire you to listen to to learn more about so that you can like open up your heart and tap into your emotions and things like that so what i discovered through hosting these shows where i'm just doing an interview i start with a monologue because i did find a space (laughs) I found a space one day, which was just one guy on the stage, with like a hundred people in the audience. And he was just talking. He was the only person. And I was like, what in the heck is this? You know, but I realized, you know, he was basically having his head talk to everybody and they were just engaged. And I was like, wait, so I don't necessarily need to have like other people on stage at first. Like I can, you know, um, share a story in this way. So like now my shows have, my shows do have monologues that are 10, to 15 minutes long at the beginning of the show where I kind of just introduce you and then I do an interview, you know? And so I've interviewed a lot of different people. I interviewed, you know, Mark DeClive Lowe and his buyback campaign. You know, I interviewed Latasha at the end of my first season. Um, I, I, you know, and I, I have some really, I'm so excited. Even more exciting people who I'm going to be highlighting in that space as well. And one of the things I've noticed is that people feel uplifted you know, after leaving every time people are like, wow, that space was so powerful. So like the people listening feel uplifted and the people who are speaking feel uplifted and I feel uplifted. Like I've had so many interesting conversations and I also feel renewed and ready to get back into web three because everyone I've interviewed thus far has had some portion um, of their life in web three. And I'm excited to expand upon that and bring in some folks who aren't necessarily in web three who want to know about and then um, also introduce that to my community of people who are already in the NFT space and onboard people in that way. So onboard them through interviewing them so people know about them and all the work that they've done 
and why they're amazing and why they're exciting to me. And then, you know, use that, using that as an onboarding opportunity as well as just discussing what NFTs are, why they're excited about it, things like that. So I think mostly I've just realized that people need to hear stories and sometimes they just need to know how to listen. Because also, you know, in the NFT space, there's a lot of just talking and then not financial advising. <laughs> no, not financial advice, though. I, I didn't. I didn't say that. That's not what I meant. And just, I'm not an advisor. I would never do that, you know. But this is my opinion, and that's good too. But I think it's important for folks to learn how to listen. And I love people that. People have really been enjoying that. <laughs> yeah, I think that is like such a missed opportunity that has to be, you know, like Web three. If we really Web three isn't just like people talking about uh, markets and market movements and shilling a project and. Uh, getting together with a bunch of people in the same community to basically hype each other up. Um, it's not what Web3, I think, is going to look like in a couple years. And I think that I think that maybe we are caught in a, in a time where we kind of focus in on, on what is moving and what is popular. And, and it's funny because there's things that, um, that I, when I was around at the beginning of NFTs, there were no profile picture projects. Like I, I, before the apes even launched, you know, really the punks were the only ones around and they were even just starting to gain momentum. But there were other projects that were popular and those projects have kind of died. No one even, probably if I named a few of them, no one would even know what they are. Um, and, and I think that there's, there's importance to that because um at the end of the day you know there are going to be a lot of projects that come and go um and there's going to be a lot of hype that comes and goes but the people that are really kind of learning about others the people that are putting on uh on content that is deeper than just the, uh like what the markets are doing i think that's going to be a very important element to building in this space um because web3 like you said it's not just about nfts it's not it's it's web3 is also the fact that we can be sitting here talking you know clubhouse is an example of kind of web3 before even anyone in clubhouse knew about nfts and now you see a lot of them all of a sudden got sucked onto the blockchain um which is kind of funny in a lot of ways but those people were kind of doing the web3 thing without blockchain and there's it's very possible and you kind of see that with the different communities forming and so i just like that you mentioned that because i think it's really important just to to spotlight that again because if you're in this room or if you're listening to the podcast and being involved in web3 is is really about um is really about trying to figure out how you fit in what you can do and 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 help out what others do in the space um because then when as you kind of build those relationships and grow you know everything else kind of comes into play anyways it's like if you it, it, you can either do it all on a lonely island or if you kind of put just the focus on NFTs and, and day training to the side, you can actually like get to know amazing people. And then you're kind of, you're like able to do your journey with a bunch of other people in the space. And I think that is the most fun aspect. I mean, the relationships that we all form is by far one of the most amazing parts of this whole journey. So thanks for bringing, thanks for like bringing it back to that, because I think sometimes it's missed in the daily grind and the lack of sleep. And like you said, like people talking about a bunch of financial instruments and trying to make them move. And it's like, that's, um, that's great, but it's not sustainable. 
Um, and it's going to be interesting. I, I don't know, I, it, like you said, some of the some of the aspects of this e- the ecosystem is just starting. Like music, the music industry, you know, everyone's been trying to figure out how music is going to be tied into the blockchain. And it's not a matter of uh, if, it's just a matter of when for basically every industry because it can kind of, just like it sucked the clubhouse influencers and entertainers into the blockchain, like everything just is going to be like vacuumed over into the space. It's just a matter of figuring out how it all looks. So um, I know you're really fascinated with music. I'd love for you to just chat a little bit about music NFTs and just the evolution you've seen in that in that sector of the industry just since you've been involved and seen, seen it grow and, and develop. Yeah, absolutely. It's been really interesting because I obviously watched Latasha do really well with Witch Prophet and, and Sunsun and and then also with Lighthouse and just in general. And then I watch Blau as well, you know, um, just watching these folks make like these huge sales. I'm like, okay. But then also like not watching, seeing, not seeing a lot of other people do the same, right? At first it was just like just a handful of people. And now I'm seeing more and more. And of course they're somehow connected to the two um, or the other pioneers as well, you know, like there's Wine Bags and there's Pat Dimitri, you know, like, so there's these other folks who've been in here for a while since Clubhouse or, you know, or since uh, early last year, making these big waves and things like that, right? And so now I see more and more folks doing it. And then I, I see a change with platforms that are still rather new because I'm also realizing, oh, wow, all these platforms are, are rather new. <laughs> like even once I'm like, oh, yeah, you guys have been around forever. It's like, no. In the timeline that is Web3, everything feels like it's been around forever, but it's not realistically forever. Like I've been here since September but I feel like I've been here for five years, you know? And people are like, yeah, I started, you know, winter, or fall of 2020, man, what what a time that was. And you think they're talking about like the summer of love or something like that. You think that, you know, like they're referencing the seventies or the eighties. It's like, no, that was like, <laughs> like barely a year and a, like a little bit ago, you know, it wasn't that far ago, but it, the way the space moves, it it's, it is a long time ago. And so it's really fascinating watching how the music NFT space is moving because like when I first came into space, I was sharing my music in certain spaces and chats and people weren't really understanding it because it was the only thing it's going to do. Like, What's the utility? I'm like, I mean, I get to breathe and um, eat and have a house. I like housing. Uh, my utility is I'm alive. Is that not, is that a not, not enough for people? But, <laughs> you know, um, other people did have stems, royalties and other options. So, it's a it's a much different place to navigate because it is something different. It's music has sonic values, obviously, and also as powerful as music is, it also um, I think taken for granted, you know, because there's music on the hold lines, there's music on the bus, there's music in the commercials, there's music everywhere. So you know, even when people are intentional about listening to music, often it's music that you know has been algorithmically picked for you or something that you heard from your childhood or something that you're nostalgic about, you know, like there's systems in place so that you find the music. So how do you find music NFTs if this is like not how thing, things aren't built this way, aren't built in favor of it yet? So things became built in favor of it. And, you know, I did, um, I'm a part of the Genesis class for Sound.xyz and that was crazy. Um, you know, Sound.xyz is creating a space where there's um, uh, value in secondary market for music NFTs, because now they're these additions, right? Um, kind of similar to what Mint Songs has, um, having additions available, but now there are people who are collecting music NFTs on secondary and selling them again. 
And then people are making money off of secondary as music NFTs. Most people are buying music NFTs and then just holding them dear to their heart. And that's good too. But I realized, and I had a conversation with one of my collectors actually about this, about how, you know, the, the ecosystem really needs people to flip. We also need that because that increases value. So of course we need people who are diamond handing, but you need people who paper hand as well. We, we're, they are all necessary. And then you need people who are just like strategically flipping things because then that creates more desire for the projects, right? So, you know, with sound, it's really interesting because a lot of people are getting secondary sales. I've been getting secondary sales, which is nuts for music, you know? And I think that's going to increase the value of music NFTs and also just the interest because then these, this flipper community does come into here, come in here and say, oh, I'm going to buy one of these things because I know that people are excited about their journey. So it's going to have value to it, you know, and then it helps us um, all in all. So it's been a really interesting uh, watching that develop specifically in terms of everything. I love the the aspect that you honed in on like a, being a proof point almost um, like people being able to look at these secondary sales because it's so real. I mean, when you when you're trying to evaluate value, especially from outside collectors that are that are interested in something that gains value over time, you um, it doesn't you don't go too far back to basically the beginning of 2021 when everyone was asking the same types of things about photographers and photography NFTs. And um, I remember very clearly, like there was the same conversation about kind of music NFTs, but with photography, and there wasn't really a proof point yet of someone coming in the space and just like killing it with photography and showing that it is possible. And that, you know, it's, it's about how you do it. It's about the storytelling that goes into it. It's about all these elements. And so many people learned from Justin Aversano and his success. And now you see other people like Drift coming in and doing and doing the same thing. And I think you're like, see kind of this pipeline and you see these people and mentors that you look up to in the space. Um, and I think that, you know, we're getting closer to that time with music NFTs. And I think I, I love what you said about just like, you know, this, the ecosystem just is, is still young, is still maturing. And it's uh, about people kind of uh, finding that space. Um, but it's just like anything else. It, it's um, when it's time of like, if you're kind of looking for, you know, it's like finding a diamond in the rough right now, but those, the people that are going to be like at the top of the industry right now probably are selling their NFTs like Justin Aversano did for like 0.2 or 0.3 ETH. And like, they'll probably be in a year from now, like a hundred ETH and people will look back and be like, wow, that's, that was a missed opportunity, but it's really right there in front of you. It's just so, it's just, uh, it's so young and it's so hard to kind of navigate because it's, um, because it's still developing. And I think that's that's kind of the beauty of this space, though, too, is like like the the blockchain is like an incubator, you know, that that are kind of like the the collectors and the market kind of incubating it and giving it value over time. And I think that's kind of a cool thing to watch from the sidelines as it as it evolves. And especially the longer you're in the space, like you said, you've seen so much happen just since September. It's like that, you know, like the longer you're in the space, the more of the evolution you kind of see. And so it's cool, like once you're in, you can kind of start seeing how how the markets and how people kind of get uplifted into the spotlight over time. And it's really it's kind of magical to watch. 
Yeah, you know, and I think it's really true what you're talking about different price points because like I started my NFT journey by releasing two um, pieces, two um, 2D pieces. So I did visual arts, I did some graphic designs and sold those for, for both like auctioned on Zora at 0.11, right? Like I just was using like my magic numbers because I'm hippie dippy like that. So I was like, this is how I'm going to anchor and figure out the numbers I'm rolling with. Otherwise I'm going to have a panic attack and I'm already having one. So let me just move forward and do this. So, you know, those both sold at point uh, at um, half an ETH, you know, um, when they when they finally sold. And I was like, great. But I always knew that when I started selling my music NFTs, because it's something I've dedicated my life to making music, I was always going to sell it at one ETH. And I was like, I will wait however long it takes to sell this. Um, you know, and that's something, again, that was instilled in me by like Latasha just saying, like, do what you feel is right. And just wait with it and just know that it might take a lot of time, but whatever time it takes is what it needs to take. And, you know, don't undervalue yourself. And I try to tell the people I'm onboarding too. I'm like, just be patient. Like, talk to me before you figure out your prices, because I'm going to have them have a very mindful conversation with themselves. Like, what's your goals? What do you, what's your intentionality about the pricing? Like, what, how much do you feel about this? What do you want to get to eventually? And things like that, you know, like, what's your purpose in putting this out on the blockchain? And so, like, for me, I've put all my pieces up at one ETH. Um, you know, obviously, it's sound. It's all point, um, point one ETH, but for 25 editions. So I made 2.5, you know, and, like, one minute on that Genesis drop um, on sound, which was crazy. That was my second music NFT drop. And my other um, pieces have been sold on catalog. So I've actually only had three music NFT drops. And I'm actually getting ready one for one um, I'm releasing this next EP, Black, on, uh, which is BLK, spelled BLK. BLK, excuse me, um, on the 22nd, and I'm going to be doing a sound.xyz drop that same day um, for one of the songs that's on the EP, and I'm, I'm very excited about that. But, you know, that will be my fourth <laughs> my fourth music NFT drop, and it's just, like, being really strategic about it, you know, thinking about moving forward and how do I want to do it, what's my price point and things like that. Because I was, I was onboarding someone into the space, and I told them, I was like, how you entered the space does matter. Like, it does matter like what your strategy is on entering the space. So if you lowball yourself too low at first, it's going to be hard to recover from that. And I just know that from that's just like how um, humans' minds work to some degree. Like if you come in, you're like, this is only a dollar. And then the next time you're like, this is $100. They're like, well, last time you were here, <laughs> that thing that seems kind of like this thing was a dollar. So I'm only going to give you like maybe $2 for this. Like you're already two times better than you were before. So, you know, just telling people to pace themselves and really think about their price points and, you know, don't undervalue themselves as an artist because music NFTs is mo are moving. They are definitely moving and growing and evolving. And there's there's going to be so many other ones, too, because, you know, um, I've been talking to some folks about poetry NFTs, seeing where that's going to go. Obviously, like Jack from the GM show, <laughs> I call him from the GM show, but Jack, you know, like great NFT poet. You know, we've talked about that, but, you know, it came to my mind. I was like, are there any comedy NFTs? I know there are, but I'm like, man, comedy NFTs are up right after poetry NFTs. Like, that's going to be crazy. So, you know, there's there's a lot of space out here. Yeah, it is. It's like you're so right. And it's just a matter of figuring out how you it's it's like, um, you know, everyone's art is different. Uh, you know, my art is like hosting a show and, and someone else's art is maybe writing articles. Uh, and so 
the blockchain is is interesting in that way because like there's a lot you can do with it but the application aspect is very difficult because let's say um a lot of times with like non non-fungible tokens you know you you put them up there and there's like an image and so people look at that and they there is like some value that's assigned to that but i think more and more over time we're going to start to realize and people are going to start to realize that you know there's there's other ways that you can build on the blockchain that isn't just linked to you know the va- the image for artists that is the value and that's why it was the easiest transition for an artist to kind of get onto the blockchain because it's like oh yeah i just download my my digital file and boom it's there now someone can buy it but for for others in the space you have to get a little more creative and and um and i think that is really important that you don't kind of um you don't tell yourself that it's not possible i mean the the beginning of the crazy carl collective is just the start of how you know i kind of am able to add value to the space and in turn hopefully continue to help elevate others uh and i think that you know as you grow in the space like any any amount of any amount that you give ends up coming back to you anyways and so i think that's another lesson is like if you can just find where your skill set can help others you're going to like be just fine because there there's going to be someone that needs those skills to help help them grow and i think that's um that's another element to it that i think is fascinating but yeah web3 is 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 so young and it's like so hard for some people and i talk about this in the collective discord a lot is just like trying to help people figure out way where they bring value to the space and if they don't know like then then you bring value just by being here and chatting right now because that's kind of how you figure out your spot is by like connecting with people and seeing when someone needs something and you're like oh yeah I can actually do that um and, and whether it's you know someone helping me make po apps because I don't do that well or someone helping write an article like there's so many things we can con- contribute to each other that um individually we're not able to do and so I think it's cool when you're able to create like that real true sense of community in web3 where you just create this network of talent um and I, I feel like I, I very much kind of hear that that sentiment um, in everything that you speak on, and I and I think you're just I think you're just spot on, and I think that not everyone recognizes that's kind of the secret sauce of of the Web three space um, because some people are just so focused on on um, on kind of the market movements and trying to make make quick money. Uh, and so, and so I just like, uh, I've loved this conversation. If you, if you have a question for Sassy Black, go ahead and hit that request button. We're going to bring a few people up. We still have, um, the song, which I'm really excited about, uh, that you're going to, you're going to be able to, um, share with us in just a little bit. So before we move to that, we'll see if there's any questions in the audience. Please hit that request button if there is. And before, if there are, we'll move to that. And if there aren't, I'd like to finish at least on the, this last question about um, just if you could share with the audience kind of a little bit about, I know you said you're going to have a drop coming up, um, a little bit more about how to connect with you. Um, For some people, this may be their first time learning about you, and I'm so excited that hopefully we can uh, find some new people to to, uh, value you because you bring so much value to this community. So, So please, I know, uh, not the word shill, but please, Please go ahead and share 
uh, a little bit more about everything you've got going on because you're doing so much in the space. Thank you so much. And I really love this conversation. Um, I've, I've just really been enjoying myself. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so my the best way to connect with me is just hang out on my Twitter. It's so funny. I used to be so so involved in IG and I'm still on there, you know, obviously I have like a really nice supportive um, following on there, but like Twitter is like my main hangout and then my discord is my super hangout. But right now, like I said, it's like invite only, uh, not to be exclusive, but just to really make sure I'm, I'm nurturing the people who are in there, um, being really thoughtful in there. And then, um, just, just being thoughtful of my own, um, personal capacity to engage with folks. But, um, with that said, um, the best way to engage with me is just to follow me, sassy black underscore, um, <laughs> on Twitter. I say the underscore because there's this person named Donna who has at sassy black. She hasn't tweeted since 2009. I hope she's okay. Um, and so some people tag that. I'm like, that's not me. I wish maybe Twitter will give it to me someday. We could just do a switcher Um, you know, she could have this one whenever she comes back, she'll be all right. And then I just get like that sweet, sassy black handle. But right now, that's sassy black underscore. Um, and just, you know, follow me, turn on notifications. I try to do like a thoughtful GM um, Monday through Friday um, greeting, like something with affirmations and kind energy and things like that. Just to like, you know, today's I think was like protect your boundaries or boundaries are a practice, you know. So I try to share the things I, like I'm trying to remind myself and be better at, um, you know, on a regular basis there. But um, that would be like the best way and then turn on notifications because I'm constantly sharing the art of other people. And there's like so many amazing folks that I retweet and share their work and things like that. Um, additionally, like if you want to hear about the Black EP, the fun thing is I do host my show every Monday um, at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, I'm going to be doing a listening party right here on Twitter um, for it because I have this handy dandy setup. And so that's going to be on the 20th. Um, I have like my engineer, like a very special guest who's the only other vocalist on there. And I can't tell you all yet, but he's amazing. Um, like when you know, find out who you're, he is, you'll be like, what? That's crazy. He worked with who? I'm like, yeah, that guy. Um, <laughs> you know? Um, so he's going to, well, I could tell you he's on the record. His name is Jay Ivy. He's actually the lead writer for the new Kanye West document that, documentary that came out um, with presented by Time on Netflix. And he actually was on Kanye West's first record. Um, he's amazing spoken word, poetry, um, poet. He's just amazing. His name is Jay Ivy again. And so he hopefully he'll be one of my guests there, but we'll be doing a release party there. And then on the 22nd, I'm doing a, a Metaverse concert with the, the rocking unicorns in their band room. So I'll be doing my Metaverse concert. And simultaneously, right before that, I'll be doing my sound.xyz drop. It's going to be a massive day, y'all. Um, oh, I'm also coming out with a coffee. So I saw that you have a coffee and I was like, oh, we're kindred. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I, like now the fact that you've got your own discord, your own coffee, this is uh, there. We definitely are on the same vibe in, in the metaverse. So I love I love it. Uh, we're going to have to I'm going to have to talk to you, too, because you are in the collective. Have you minted your NFT? I need to make sure that you get that if you haven't already. 
I did because it was, I think the name is Jasty. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. So, so I'm going to have to see, hook up with you at some point and we'll have to do something in the discord, maybe like a, like a little, like a little concert or something one of these days. I think that would be so much fun. And there's so many people in the audience that are Carl's that I think would really love to be able to like, uh, hang out and hear your, um, just your music. Uh, we did one with Tara Naomi and it was a lot of fun. And, um, after talking to you, I just went like, that would be so much fun to have you do something like that with us. Oh, I would love that. I would love that. So we'll, we'll talk, we'll figure out a time because that that's going to have to happen. So that would be so much fun, but uh, let's go ahead. There's some, a couple people up here. Let's go ahead and move on to uh, community corner. Get your catnip and questions ready. It's time for you to take the stage for another segment of Community Corner. Oh yeah, Community Corner. Ron, thanks for coming up. How are you doing, man? Oh, great, Carl. How are you doing tonight? Doing well. Good to see you. Yeah, you too. Sassy. Good to hear you have so many cool things going on in this space. It's The amount of abundance and opportunities is amazing. So congratulations to you. Thank you so much. I actually have a bunch of Rons in my, my family, so... That's, that feels nice. Ah, oh, there you go. There you go. Hey, so my question to you is, um, I have two questions. So the first, if we can get to the second one, cool. First one is, with all of the different platforms to release your music on, you know, what are you going through as an artist to make those decisions? And why did you ultimately choose where, you, where you're going to drop? Yeah, that's a great question. Honestly, like... <laughs> I, I'm like complicated, but I'm also simple. Um, I was watching what Latasha was doing. Like, I love finding a blueprint. I love a template. Like when I'm designing things, I love templates to some degree or to create my own template because I'm scatterbrained. So I was watching Latasha and I was like, oh, okay, that's what she did. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, she's with Zora. I feel safe with Zora. I also like the name Zora. I like the platform. I like the one of one concept. And I'm a solo artist, so I don't really do a lot of collaboration, so I didn't have to worry about doing splits or anything. So I was just like, okay, how's the marketplace? How are the sales? Like, are people like me making sales with whatever I'm creating and things like that? Um, you know, and do I have some kind of support on the platform? Because I know folks who think about it like that too. But I mean, and not even support like, you know, someone asked me, you know, why do you contact platforms before you drop? I'm like, no, not at all. <laughs> like, what? I, am I supposed to do that? Like, I don't. I don't do that. I just, um, so, you know, um, I was following like Latasha's journey, which again, led me to like Zora. I had some other friends who are in web three who were like rareable was like the first platform they told me about. They're like rareables, what you want to get on. And like rareable has kind of like a funky user interface, kind of like me. So I was like, cool, I could probably get with rareable and things like that. So I meant it to rareable as well. Um, you know, like it's really about UI, like, um, the experience, but also the aesthetics, like, does it match my branding to some degree, you know? And then um, I was, you know, I was invited to catalog, you know, I had applied, but I was invited. So that was early before like the thousands of applicants they have now, you know? So I was able to mint to um, catalog um, because of that, but also I love the other artists who are on catalog. I love its design um, and its workflow and how like they have these spaces and playlists and then sound you know, I was onboarded to sound as one of their genesis and that's just kind of crazy in general. So I've been really um, blessed and abundant um, in being able to make these decision decisions here, you know, and I'm, I'm still um, based on the ETH blockchain, although I've looked to Solana and um, Tezos as well, but 
I'm, I'm pretty much staying here for the main, main time. Maybe I dip to Solana because I like exchange art. I like how that kind of flows and things like that. So I, I've been like, you know, dipping my toe into other ones, but that's basically how it works. Ron, if you want to go ahead and ask your second question too, that first one was so good. All right. Perfect. So who did the cover art for your cover? I love that. Oh, oh my goodness. I'm so glad people like it because like I got this designed in 2020. <laughs> like, so it's like my friend who I actually met on Twitter. I, okay. And by basically I want to go back to what Carl said earlier about this feeling like AOL and everything like that on discord. Like I was definitely somebody who was in MSN, Yahoo chats, AOL. I was, I was one of those people and I've been that person. So I'm surprised that my skills now work in this new world. I'm like, no one could have prepared me for the fact that like messaging people and finding internet friends would be useful in the future for actually like making money and having like a career. In it. I didn't know that this could work. So thank God that I did just stop because my parents were like, what are you doing? Um, you know? So, um, but just back to get, to get back to what he said, like I met, my friend, she's my graphic designer. She's also designed my logo. Um, she is amazing. I'm actually onboarding her, and we're going to work on an NFT project. But um, her name is um, her name is Allison. <laughs> but um, she's amazing, and we we met on Twitter just years ago, and I totally forgot. But we're pretty close, and um, she designs a lot of things for me. So we're working on some other things. But she was so excited because she's also. She's just kind of funny. She's she's shy and she just mostly stays to what she's doing. But she's like, I see people like them. They like it. And I'm like, yeah, girl, we'll be all right. I think I think we got something going on here. I love that. Yeah, it's absolute beauty. It's two amazing questions. Thanks, Ron. And I'm glad that we got that second one in to kind of spotlight uh, where the art came from. That's beautiful. Ismail, what's going on, brother? Thanks for coming up on stage. Hey, Carl. How you doing? Doing well. Thank you so much. Excellent. Sassy. Great, great art. I love I love the art. And Ron, way to ask the questions. Now I don't even know what to ask anymore. I gotta come up to your level. So uh, initially I was to I was actually like gonna ask you about like uh, how do you see the NFT world like shaping up and as far as like music industry? Because I know like I feel like the NFTs are given out are given like a, a way uh, for for all these upcoming artists to come and express themselves without like having like the music industry take a big chunk of of, of their uh, of their creativity, right? Like because they don't have that kind. It's basically decentralized art, in my opinion. How do you see it affecting the new artists, the newer generation? Oh my gosh, I think it's gonna be awesome. I think it's gonna be awesome. I'm already in talks with um, different um, different youth programs, youth centered programs around the blockchain and music creation. Like I, when I was teaching, I taught I taught like seven to seven year olds how to make beats, right? And so, um, as someone who's been a mentor of youth and folks of all ages, like I'm already tapped into a lot of um, community programs or uh, nonprofits or anything like that. That um, support young folks. Um, so I, I'm already seeing them do really well. And actually my friend who told me about rarables, like, yeah, my high schoolers are already on the blockchain. They're already minting, they're already staking. And I was like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, yeah. One of my students, you know, he graduated, he was a senior last year. And he was like, yeah, I'm putting a lot of my money into crypto. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm terrified. But I'm also excited 
So I think um, a lot of young people are going to be investing with, you know, whatever money they have because, you know, they're living with their parents. So that money that they're making can be invested into these things. Um, and obviously we see a lot of young folks already like navigating the NFT space. And I want to be a part of, you know, supporting young people minting to the blockchain. And that kind of goes back to the company that I work for, um, Arpeggi Labs, who's making it so that we can mint to the blockchain for free by using Polygon. Um, so, you know, um, they want to make it as accessible as possible and onboard young people. Um, and that, so that's one of the things that I'm advocating for as well. So I think they're like, you know, how we see kids and young people in general, like I'm, I'm 35. So that's why I say, <laughs> I have to say kids sometimes because <laughs> I know I don't look 35, but I am, but you know, um, there are a lot of people who post to, to SoundCloud all the time, right? Like SoundCloud, like has been blowing up for years and people will just put their music in SoundCloud, blow up and maybe get signed and then have to go through this, this ecosystem. But I think what the next wave is going to be people being like, I'm going to mint and I'm going to put my music on Audius and I'm actually going to mint to the blockchain. And I'm actually going to be creating my community this way and then creating this whole different ecosystem. So I think kids are going to take it and run with it. Young people are going to like beat on it. And if they can mint for free, people love to support kids too. Like Nyla's do, does so well. Like these kids do so well because it's like, who doesn't want to get... Like you were buying cookies from them, you know, you buy magazines from them, all these sales. I know y'all know what any of the parents in the room know what I'm talking about. You have these magazine sales and all this crazy stuff. Okay. But like now these kids want to actually like knit something that will be permanent and have this whole experience. So I think that music NFTs in the hands of kids and young people is going to be groundbreaking and it's also going to be music industry shaking. Yeah, that's uh. Yeah. That was powerful. That was a great question too. Yeah, love, love the answer. And uh, just, I know you love the coffee. You gotta try the crazy Carl coffee, Brazilian coffee. Very well balanced acidity. It's a nice little caramel hint, little chocolate hint at the end. Great for espresso. Great for cappuccinos. Great for everything. Just get it. Oh wow, he, you're hired. Uh, we've got our spokesperson for the coffee, Sassy Black. Thank you, Ismail. That was that was amazing. Um, all right, we are going to go to the song, which I'm really excited about. If you, there was a question, um, and I think this would be a good time. I think I saw you liked it too about just kind of where your influences came from with music, who you really looked up to, and then if you want to share a little bit about the song, and then um, I'm going to go on mute and let you kind of take over and, and play the music and, and let everyone hear just how talented you you are. I'm excited to hear your song. Oh, you're so kind, and this was so fun, and, and please give uh, Ishmael, like, please like record that and like play that all the time when you're describing the coffee from here on out because that was so perfect i couldn't i'm like the, you can have written a better script like that was from the heart and that is so special um you have a great community you're building over here and i really i really love that um yeah you know my one of my biggest influences was, was michael jackson i actually have two tattoos um most folks don't know this uh but <laughs> i do and and one of the reasons because um, yeah, and one of my tattoos is a thriller and it's, um, actually spelled like it's in the font of the music video and not of the record. And because the music video meant so much to, to me for all the reasons, this big, I used to watch the making a thriller a lot as a little girl and just like, oh my God, this is amazing. Just watching how long he sat in makeup and all this crazy stuff, but also knowing that Quincy Jones produced all of this. Right. And, um, 
within that, Quincy Jones actually discovered he loved music in Seattle, which is where I'm from. And I actually met Quincy Jones a couple of years ago. And I showed him my tattoo and he said, go ahead, girl. And I was like, oh, my God. Um, but, you know, um, it was one of the best things ever. So, like, Quincy Jones um, lived here in Seattle growing up. Um, you know, he's from Chicago. But him and Ray Charles used to run around here in Seattle. And he actually discovered he loved music here at the Armory in Seattle, like, by finding a piano and just tinkering with it. And so I, you know, um, I already loved him and I already loved Thriller and all those other things. So that was huge. And one of my long-term inspirations and also current inspirations is Stevie Wonder, just someone who's been writing his entire life and has such a long range of music. I have like so many other inspirations, but these are two that I wanted to speak to because a lot of my music, um, the way that I put my arrangements and things together are very experimental because of Stevie Wonder and how he approached like all these things in his life. And the reason I put out so much music in my life is also because Stevie Wonder, because he just was like, and another record and another thing I wrote. And here's another thing. And I'm like, yeah, man, totally. I dig that. Um, I did want to answer another question that someone had asked. Like they, see, they said, I see her digital album is dropping on 2-22-22, which was very intentional. And will it be available to purchase via ETH? The only way that you're going to be able to catch that is if you show up for my sound.xyz drop, which will be on 2-22-2022, which is a Tuesday. <laughs> I just realized it was on a Tuesday. That's too much. Um, so, you know, if you turn on notifications for me, I'm going to be hosting the space. I would love to have all of you there, but um, it's a sound.xyz drop. And so it will be at 1.30 PST. Um, and what happens is... I talk about the project and then um, at 2 p.m. the song goes live and then you can buy one of the editions. Now, I'm doing something a little different and maybe a little bizarre. Normally there are 25 editions. I wanted to make 22 editions. And, you know, people might think, well, why would you do less? That just is less money for you. But I'm like, yeah, it's less money for me, but all of this is still money for me. But like, come on, we got to run with these numbers. Like how many times can you have 222, 22, 22? It's like crazy. Also, I was born on the 22nd. Um, so <laughs> not the 22nd of February, but the 22nd of August. So, you know, um, have to play with those numbers as much as possible. So that will be the way to invest in one of the songs, an addition of the song, one of the songs that's on black. So, um, I, and I'll be tweeting about it. I'm going to do a formal press release about it on Friday, but that's going to be the best way to engage. And then of course, come to the metaverse concert. Um, if you're not into Central Land yet, no worries. I will also be streaming it to my Twitch, which is just sassyblack.live, which is also, you know, the name that you see on my profile. So it's really easy to go check that out. And Twitch isn't as scary as it seems, I, I promise. Um, with that said, this song is called Wild, and it's from my second album that came out back in 2017. Um, like Carl said earlier, I produce all my music, and so I produce and write and perform all my songs. And um, this is from a record called New Black Swing, which is an ode to New Jack Swing, which is like Teddy Riley and Guy and all these great like early 90s um, sounds and everything like that. And like Heavy D and the Boys and, and Jody Watley, all this great music. So um, basically it came out of Harlem and my dad's originally, my parents are from New York. So it just felt right. And I grew up listening to a lot of the music. So I like had, a, I have a red flat top on the artwork and I try to make it seem as much like the 90s as possible and so the whole record I am trying to like tap into like this like 90s vibe with it like if I was 
like an, an adult making music in the 90s during this time, I would love it to sound like this. But it's new black swing because it's my style. So this song is called Wild, and it was also featured on Michelle Obama's Spotify playlist. So um, that is how I will end it. And this is Wild. that's wild that was amazing thank you so much for sharing that with everyone i really uh i love that and and uh i think if you go to your link tree you can also find some more of your uh, music as well right yeah absolutely like i'm actually probably going to take most of my music down from dsps because i only want to have them available as nfts or through my band camp because that's like the most direct way that I can actually see the analytics, who's supporting me and things like that. So like if the song hasn't been licensed, I'm going to take it down from DSP so folks can just like be able to tap in with me directly. I don't know. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. I want to give a huge shout out of gratitude to Sassy Black for coming on the show to chat about her journey so far in the Web3 space. The Crazy About Crypto show does not accept paid advertisements or paid requests to come on the show. The quality of guests and educational content content provided is essential this show is run by loyal listeners through the establishment of the crazy carl collective where 100 percent of the genesis nfts are rewarded to listeners for the next two years by actively engaging and learning and listening to the show and helping build the growth of the collective web3 allows us to give value back to consumers and i thank each one of you for joining live tonight to help learn about the innovation that web3 brings to each of us and challenge you to continue learning and growing in this space if you enjoyed the show, please review and follow so we can see you back at another show in the future. You can learn about the Crazy Carl Collective collection and find the official open C link in the link tree on our bio. If you are in the collective, 
after the show, please head over to the Discord for Game Night After Party, hosted by Dojo Alliance. It's been amazing. Thank you all so much, and we'll see you next time. This has been another production of Guttercat Studios. All conversations with Crazy Carl are for educational purposes only. You should never take financial advice from a cat or anybody, really, especially financial advisors. Take control of your own financial future and do your own research always. That's all for now. Until next time, we'll see you in the metaverse.